It's a Daily Talk Show episode 384. Welcome back. It is Fat Fridays, this time with Jules Lund. That's so offensive. What? Oh, I've been jogging, I've been working out, I've cut out carbs. Jules did tell me yesterday, Josh, mm. that he's training for a marathon, which should mean that you're good for a Fat Friday. You're putting – calories are going out, bro. Yeah. You yeah. shouldn't be too worried. I don't run that fast, <laughs> all that far. How is the training going? Because you're training for a marathon, the New York Marathon? Mm, if you're going to do a marathon, do the New York Marathon. So yeah. I'm excited by that. I think there's about 50,000 people running, 2 million spectators, 19 parties, mm. and it doesn't have old shuffles here trying to film it. <laughs> <laughs> when you say old shuffles, you're referring to me. And there was a time where in London I was on a rickshaw that couldn't um, – Keep up. Couldn't keep up so, with you. Oh, God. Why couldn't it keep up? Well, because I was 110 kilos and there was a hill yeah. and a, I, we paid a rickshaw driver who, in all fairness for them, they're just a rickshaw. Like, they're not like a – No. It's like a film and TV rickshaw driver. It's just <laughs> yeah. some, some dude trying to make some cash. Yeah, Spanish bloke so, in yeah, London. Exactly. And so I had the camera and I was trying to get the tracking yeah. shot and and, um, and um, we couldn't get up the hill. Have you run it? <laughs> Have you run a marathon before? <laughs> that was the days when you had Fat Friday, Fat Thursday, <laughs> Fat Wednesday. <laughs> Have you run one before? Well, that was um, – I mean, Josh and I, we, we worked on Fifi and Jules' radio show and um, he was Fifi. And, um, <laughs> no, and that was a stunt uh, where they lifted a blindfold and said you've got to run a marathon because you're at the start of the London Marathon yeah. circuit mm-hmm. and a week later it will be the, the Olympic Marathon. This is the path – Admittedly, today it's just full of traffic and commuters, um, but see how far you can run. Mm. You got a trainer on one side and a, a, um, a masseuse on the other, and so we tried to have a run, didn't we? Yes. And um, so I did run the marathon that yeah. day. Uh, we didn't film much of it because <laughs> I was flying. Yeah. There was a, I, what I remember from that trip is discovering. Um, Cadbury did popcorn Cadbury. <laughs> what did you discover from that trip? <laughs> um, if you're going to hire a cameraman. <laughs> that was a lot on candid photos, which we've spoken about before. I think um, we should taper back our swearing on this episode. Okay, I didn't swear. No, no, no. I Have know I you sworn didn't. or no? I haven't sworn either, but okay. we're in the presence of Jules's daughter, Billy. So, Hello, yeah. Billy. I Hello, know, Billy. I know you don't want to. Um, you wouldn't want us to swear. Is that being? Is that? I've been told a, off by Jules a lot for swearing around kids. To be honest, on the way over here, um, Billy was the DJ, and um, we had to have a quite a discussion because <laughs> Miley was dropping some f bombs. Oh yeah. And I said, Billy, like, you can't choose this music. And she goes, But on the radio, it's different. It says mess up. And uh-huh. so we um, we put on explicit, the explicit content <laughs> toggle. Um, and, and so then that actually. Look, to be so, honest, Billy's nine. She understands that they're swear words, but mm. if she uses them, you don't get to listen to that music full stop. Yeah. I feel like Tommy doesn't care at all when it comes to swearing in front uh, of Bodie. He's, he said the F word quite a few times now. <laughs> not, Billy but, hasn't even said it once. Bad. No, the thing is he still doesn't get it, right? Mm. He sa- you know who was saying it? Jemima. I haven't even told Mikey this. My brother's little girl, she was just walking around just going. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it's coming from Jemima, <laughs> is it? <laughs> Jemima's yeah, a bad influence. The one. She's, yeah. How old is she? Dropping the C she's bomb. three and a half, but he's two and a half. And she's the bad influence <laughs> overall. I've got a trash mouth here. <laughs> no, but seriously, I, I've 
I I have removed my um, swearing from the it house. Takes a bit. It, it actually does. radio days. Mm. I was you you eventually get good at just cleaning yourself up yeah. because it's just too risky mm. because you'll forget be casual and then you'll drop one. But um, outside of it, yeah, I swear too much, and especially when I'm nervous. So on stage or if I'm emceeing, <laughs> I'm I'm filthy. Do you, do you remember my wedding? Remember, I think you told me I was swearing. Oh, hate. you, your? <laughs> did I heckle you? You heckled me. I told you to off. I said stop swear. He was swearing because you obviously do it nervous. when you're nervous too. Yeah. He I was, was swearing. And nervous. He was swear. It was offensive. <laughs> it was the most loving sentiment. What he was saying. Yeah. But it was a filthy mouth. And I mean, and Amy, <laughs> Amy, uh, Tommy's wife has a background in like she's uh, she went to yeah. Bible school. I wasn't thinking my Christian audience <laughs> in the, on that night. Yeah, <laughs> actually, that story you dropped was pretty good too. Because what did I say? I can't even remember. Dave. Well, you, I featured in it because of oh. the way you and Amy met. That's right. So yeah, I met Amy in Bali at Potato Head, and if it wasn't for Jules's clout at the time. <laughs> We we wouldn't be together essentially. That's you're, pretty. It's pretty good. You're welcome. It was <laughs> but the, the the thing was, um, I I these girls had said like they were chatting, and mm. then I just said, "Can I just hold you there for a sec? And I <laughs> and I said, "I was thinking to myself, Tommy's single," and so I quickly brought Tommy over. And then when Tommy was there, I might have sort of got a bit pissed, and then. When we were in the pool around the cocktail bar um, with the girls, I ripped his um, his uh, uh, it was un- boxes like they were boxers, underwear. What boxer shorts? Well, because not so, boxer shorts. What are those called? Uh, Boiler jocks. 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 I ripped them off. So now he's butt naked, stuck in the <laughs> in the pool, and then I threw them, and then the next. A few days later, we were jogging past and there was hanging <laughs> in I'm a branch over, over Seminyak Beach. Yeah. Um, but it worked. And so you're welcome. It had, it had I'm cut through. sitting there nude next to Amy. And then I and left him, the obviously. There was no help. There was no towel. And she was stuck with this man she just met. And she yeah. was quite religious, yeah? Well, mm. at the time, she, I mean, she. She had been to Bible college. I mean, if you, you're pretty religious if you've ever gone to Bible college. But she was on the back end of doing that. So she was like three or four years out of Bible college, yeah. not sort of going she'd to never church. Seen a, a great she'd deal. never seen a naked body. Ah, yeah. And yeah. you were quite comfortable because Tommy used to be a stripper. Yeah. yeah. So you were in your element. Yeah. Keep Even after, Billy's here. I mean, Bodhi did. Uh, <laughs> What? I mean, Bodhi said that you had a... Um... <laughs> yeah, Jemima had some stuff to say about it. <laughs> but um, did Ash Williams, you had Ash on the show yeah, I saw yeah, on your does. website. Yeah. Good fun. So did you guys um, bond over stripping? Oh, no, he was... I actually didn't even think to ask him about well, stripping. Well, he lived in LA and he was a topless waiter at a, at a gay bar. I think he stripped at, he one, stripped of our, at a, one of our friends' hen's parties. Really? Yeah. And he, he, he just. And why, com- and why were you there? <laughs> no, Anna mentioned it to him once, and he completely denied it. But oh, okay. So I, he, so it was like no, he doesn't want to tell people. No one looks like Ash Williams. Like, yeah. either. like he's. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like it's, yeah, you, yeah, unique looking dude. It, but, he's an interesting. He's a big androgynous looking fella. Mm. No, he looks he's like not. A, like it, androgynous seems that he's feminine. He's a good looking, long haired bloke from with behind. Am I androgynous? <laughs> from behind. <laughs> <laughs> 
where, where have you? Where where was the last place you travelled? Were you just in London, or did I make that up? No, last one was at um, Byron Bay actually oh, for right. Space Series, which was a conference up there, which was quite mind blowing actually. Mm. Um, and I think you should get a lot of the guests on this show because a lot of them were genuine disruptors, innovators, mm. people that lived outside of the the, the confirmed conformed nature. Of life. So, how did you get a spot? How does one get a spot? How does one go and talk at that at that uh, an event like that? Well, you pay for it, so okay. you go, and then everyone that goes basically there's no schedule for so, so for three days they literally just put up blank schedules, and people all turn up with a contribution, a session that they think would add um, something, and so someone could be talking about, you know, education is broken. The other ones could be talking about their you know, their, their adventure, like the Joneses, this couple that walked across the outback for 1,500 kilometres mm. with a one-year-old. Mm. And so they screened their their um, their sort of documentary that they filmed on their iPhones yeah. and it was incredible. Um, Paul and Tammy Ruse, so Paul Ruse, you know, d- they do amazing stuff around leadership mm. and so they did a big session and so everyone just contributing their superpower really. Because yeah. ev- events can go uh- – Either way, like events can like there's a lot of events that Fire end festival? up. Fire festival? Well, not even that, but just like <laughs> in general, conferences are hard to nail. Mm. You've been to a bunch. What What do you think are the key takeaways if you're running an event? What are the things that matter that pe- people yep. normally don't think about? Well, I actually what was fascinating the guest list was curated, mm-hmm. so he would have picked the top fifty people that he felt deserved a place, and then he invited those and said, "You can come." And then he had a sort of you, – you had to apply to come to it. Mm. And so um, – and, and there were people that just didn't didn't get a spot. They got knocked back. And so there was a couple of hundred there at Elements in Byron. It was stunning. Big TPs and um, and so having people that were curated mm. and that were a certain caliber or at least really wanted to contribute meant that even though you had all these sessions during the day, the most enriched – experiences were just casually walking somewhere and chatting to someone. But, you know, everyone from media and entertainment, to, mm. you know, like Magda Sabansky was there and she was talking about, you know, the book that she wrote about the Holocaust and what her role her father played in it, who mm. was an assassin, you know. Oh, and, I've heard this, yeah. yeah. Oh, <laughs> my God. And so, you know, you're having dinner, having drinks, and then she's just up sharing stories and it was just so authentic. But mm. Were they capturing it, audio, video? I think so, yeah. And, you know, one of the other ones that I'd, I hope you can get on the show is Diane McGrath who is in, in the, on the short list to go one way to Mars yeah. to um, create the first colony. And so how long would you think it takes to get to Mars? Uh, um, six years? I don't know. I'm, I sort of highballed it, I think. I think you lowballed maybe. I'm way no, no, I don't <laughs> I was going to say 15 years. See, I was thinking it could take like they get halfway, then they have kids and those kids go there. Like I, How many years? Eight months. Oh, wow. So I was thinking. How long does it take to get the moon? That's three months. Why can't you fucking get, well, sorry, we're not swearing. Why can't, I'll be calm. Why can't they get back there? Yeah, because it's like plenty of time. Well, they're going off on 20, 2031 is Mm. when they're launching. And I think they're down to about 100 and then it gets down to 12 and then I think the first one gets down to four, right? And what's fascinating about it is um, that the atmosphere, the gravity, so you cannot launch from up there. So Uh. to launch from here, 
the amount of equipment, fuel, and actually the thousands of people mm. that contribute to being able to launch a rocket, mm. at the other end you don't have that. And sure. what's more is if you were to jump out of um, uh, – if you were to ju- – I was just having flashbacks to Martian – so because, mm. you know, Martian, what he had to do was... Mm. This uh, is a film, Josh. Matt yeah. Damon. Yeah. Matt Damon, Matt Damon had to get back up to the shuttle, right, because they weren't able to take off. So if you were to jump out of a vessel with a parachute, it would do nothing. you just hit the ground and die. Mm-hmm. So the you, you just can't get any launch. So the only way to land there is to do reverse um, jet thrusters. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Otherwise you like just get... The, the- the things that Musk has, those yeah, things that come exactly. down, they're like, yeah. it looks like it's in reverse. But then what's there? Oh, fuck all. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> I heard there's a Starbucks. Yeah. No, but um, I mean, what? It, no, like, no, there's just red dirt. And what they have to then do. It's extremely Damon, hot. But it's also there, extremely dude. hot. Is I don't it or no? know if it's extremely hot. It's just because it's Mr. red Mr. dirt. No, so it's, I, it's, it's colder than here. So I. Um, it's colder than Melbourne. You just thought that the the dust and dirt should was be red. blue. Then. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean that makes but sense. It's not blue. The place isn't blue. <laughs> I, interviewed, I interviewed a guy in Shepparton who was going for that. He wouldn't have made it past the stage. So it's been years. It would, be, it would have been three years ago. If we've yeah. learned anything about your contacts in Shepparton, they're all they're all bullshit. They, no, they wouldn't have passed the drug test. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I think we, we found just him got his... He had a link to Shepparton. He didn't live there anymore. Was it the Brewster? Wasn't that good? <laughs> Definitely not the Brewster from yesterday's episode that okay. said he was his uncle owned two times you and which? had a jet. It turned out to be bullshit. Some guy spun me a bullshit story, which I said really? on yesterday's yeah, episode. We we had the previous is, uh, is fairly brand. embarrassing. Have you done that? I mean, you've had a, done a lot of interviews. Have you stuffed? Oh, you would have stuffed royally it stuffed real up bad. Some... Just said never. some. Never, never, never done. Never had a mistake in my life, so. <laughs> especially not on air. Actually, that's what I was. That's what I was just thinking about. You taught me um, what on radio while you were on air. You taught uh, taught me. What shelving was? <laughs> Did I? Yeah, you Didn't said we say we're not going to swear. Is yeah. this next level? Well, no, level? I think this is fine because it's, it's, you, you made a shelving joke, and then the airlock was like, "Oh, we can't!" Oh, oh, oh! Uh, and I was like, "Wow, what's what's that, all that about?" And then it wasn't until yeah, you got pulled it's in. Basically, it's usually about chapter three in the IKEA catalog. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> but it was it was pretty. I remember that being a, an eye opener. Well, I'm glad that I contributed to your vast knowledge. Um, but the, the Mars thing is exciting. The reason why um, what I think is a lot of people didn't get through, and this is what was really fascinating, mm-hmm. is they're taking ordinary people. So they're not ta- – even mm-hmm. though um, Diane, who I hope you get to chat to, mm-hmm. is a cyborg. Like she's just so amazing. Like she, I think she's in her 50s or 50 and she, her body age would be 25 mm-hmm. and she sleeps and she's very regimented and she's – Incredible, and you can you just she looks like an she should be an astronaut, but the other people that they've got they've got like you know just average people. Do you think Turkish tr- pop stars yeah. and you know like it's not they they want real normal people to go up there. They still have to pass psychological tests because you're basically it's a one way ticket. Yeah. You're not coming back. She said to her mum, "Look, I I've, I've got a new job. You know, it looks like." And her, her mum's like, "Congratulations! Tell me more about." it. She goes, oh, "I can't yet." <laughs> Because her, her, her mum, you know, like you basically all your loved ones, you're saying goodbye to them forever. Mm. Don't you need like s- special skills? Surely they'll draw the line. They would you have, want them. Yeah. yeah. You've got to be able to do poo because that's what you grow all your food out of. Oh, yeah. Is that really what? Wow. Of course. He hasn't seen Martian. It's no, I, haven't Martian. Seen, I haven't seen any you of seen it. seen Titanic? 
I have actually seen. Yeah, Titanic. I don't want to. I don't yeah, want to yeah. give you a spoiler alert, but it ends badly. <laughs> <laughs> have they? They've rebuilt the. Did is that what Clive Palmer was doing? Was he no. re, rebuilding the? <laughs> I don't Titanic. know. But a, don't repeat history. That's what my history teacher used to say. <laughs> there's a Titanic restaurant in Williamstown where you walk in and it, the moves like the mm-hmm. entrance sort of does a bit of. I think I'd movement. vomit. Bit of Celine Dion in the background. <laughs> the, the last time that we spoke, uh, you just raised ten odd million. Yep, spent it all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, what, That's what's why I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> well, what's what? What is the deal? Like, what's uh, once that goes through, does it literally appear in Tribe's bank account? Well, for people that aren't in business or in startup, would you see the number and go, "What the? You've got all that cash, yeah." Well, the the I mean. For the people that didn't listen to the mm-hmm. other 14 hours of interview, <laughs> um, so I've got a startup called Tribe that I launched about four years ago. And the idea of a startup is because you're building technology, it costs a lot. And you see an opportunity, you go, let's go for that. But if you wait around to just become profitable or for the profit to come in above your expenses um, to reinvest, you know, like a, a business will go, look, we've got enough profit now, let's reinvest it to grow this business. Mm-hmm. You basically get outside investments. So you get other people that go, hey, if I give you 10 million, I hope it turns into 100 million, you know, in five years' time. And so what you do is at different points, you raise that money. And basically what they're doing is they're buying parts of the business. And where do those business, where do those bits sit before they buy it? Do people like you who own bits yeah. give it up? Yeah, exactly. So, you know, like it started, I started with a hundred percent and then I, I slowly get down because, you know, and you get it, you give it to staff, mm-hmm. um, you know, <clears throat> people in a startup world, you don't have a lot of money. So yeah. you're sort of saying to people, Hey, I want you to work for this, but also here's, here's a bit of the company so that you, cause the reality is you've got to work so hard and it doesn't work in a nine to five mm-hmm. realm. So people need to get paid for their wage. They've got to enjoy that. They're building something that can be massive, mm. but it's incredibly high mm. risk. So the idea is that that money comes in and you get that money by saying to people, right, that money is going to last 18 months. Mm-hmm. And in those 18 months, we're going to do this with the business. If you give us that money, we'll do this with the business. So they give you the money. If for whatever reason you don't do that with the business and you don't increase and grow at the rate, you're always going to grow. Mm-hmm. If you don't right, grow at the rate <clears throat> you should, then, um, then, and obviously you're running out of money because you're spending all that money to get there. The next time you go out and say, right, we need another 10 million. They say, what are you going to do with this 10 million? And you say, we're going to grow like this. And mm-hmm. they say, why would we believe you when you said that last time and sure. you didn't? And so it, you can really, it, there's enormous amount of pressure on the timing because your business can be absolutely perfect, but the category can go badly. Mm-hmm. So we're in influencer marketing and I reckon it's just about to finally open up. But at the moment, you would say that. Well, at the moment, no. no, no that's the skeptic that most uh, yeah. investors probably yeah, yeah, say. You're right. They go, Jules, yeah. you would say that. Why of would- course, yeah. And so <coughs> you, you find yourself, no, but you do. Like yeah. I say to, I, I'm optimistic about it. Like mm-hmm. I see how all the play is going to happen. But if it doesn't, then you lose credibility and you say, well, you said that last time it didn't happen. Mm-hmm. So you really got to predict the future. You've got to, you can't just predict it. You actually then have to try to make it happen. And if there's market forces that don't allow you to, you, your bubble keeps getting bigger and, you know, it feels you're growing, but mm. if, you, if you can't deliver on it, it's a, it's a really frightening thing and um, there's not a lot of margin for error, which is why so many, um, so many just fall into a heap or they just stop. Mm. So is it 12 months or <laughs> how long are those 
each of those sort of milestones? <clears throat> well, funnily enough, it takes you 12 months to convince someone to give you money at mm -hmm. times. And so um, even when you've got money, you're already out there telling the story for the next. And does it almost change? So when you started getting uh, that uh, 10 million, by the time you got it, had the market changed to the point where you actually had to say, okay, now that we're all across it, here's X, Y, and Z that's actually changed in the market? We, you don't go into that much detail. I mean, I, I would prefer to mm. because that's my bread and butter where I can just say, well, here are the market forces, the reasons. Mm. But often there's reason, you've got to identify what the reasons for growth are. And sometimes it's your own platform. So we go, right, we're really good at getting customers, but the customers aren't happy with it, right, um, uh, with the influencer content. There might not be enough, so they haven't spent all their money, mm. right? So maybe they say that. Or they go, look, we had a really great experience and it was a perfect campaign. Um, we will love to use it again. But the reality is it's, a, it's an influencer campaign and we only do those every eight months. Mm -hmm. And so they love you, but yet the category isn't a always on. So people aren't going, right, I'm going to do influencer marketing, you know, always on a campaign that runs, that the campaign can turn into Father's Day, to Mother's Day, to mm. Christmas, which it should, but but the the um, the maturity of the market and, and the way brands see it just hasn't arrived yet. And so all of the, and, and plus thousands more, mm. you know, yeah. whether it's the right staff member that's able to find the strategy, whether it's the right strategy, like... <clears throat> It just goes on and, and your ability is to try and turn dials, tiny dials, because you can't do big dramatic things because yeah. that's too risky. And everyone goes, you should be doing this. And you know, the worst part is you know what you have to do mm. because you're building tech. It takes so much money and time oh, to gonna, do it. I was actually just going to point out one thing on the app. Oh, great. I'm joking, is it, I'm is joking it, but you've had that a lot. Is it uh, that we've um, shadow banned you? So basically <laughs> shadow banned. Yeah, I was banned. actually, I can't access it for some reason. Yeah. It's probably because I don't have enough followers. When does it shift from being a startup to a business? To a scale-up. Uh, yeah, so they what, go startup and then scale-up. Uh, to be honest, Uber still calls themselves a startup. So is that because they're still in debt? Yeah, and they'll is be that, in debt. Yeah, absolutely. Is they're that not, the definition of a business that's still in debt? They probably have bean bags at the office. I think yeah. that's part of I the I think it's the hoverboard <laughs> next to the ping pong table. Yeah. It's um yeah, it's 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 interesting that the different markets that you're playing in because there's obviously the Australian market and then there's the stuff that you're doing in New York. Are they si like in the US? Are they siloed? Are you saying a bit? Yeah, like they're, they're almost different customers. Mm -hmm. So New York has a, a more mature digital market and so they understand digital a lot better and they... Well, they've got better infrastructure. They and have better infrastructure and that's that's the reality of it. And they also have a... They're, they're just so much more enthusiastic about technology. Mm -hmm. What is you know? it? What, like, what, I just think it it's more experience. I just think they got in there earlier and there's it's a more competitive market. More money at, uh, at stake as well, I guess. Well, is it easier to get uh, brands or influencers from your side of things? Brands. Really? Um, yeah. I mean, we, look, we get influencers just come and, mm -hmm. and you know, we, we can always scale that up. But the brands, it's... The, in America, they see a big problem and they need a big solution. Mm -hmm. Whereas here, um, I mean, Ant, our CEO, disagrees with this in some respects, but <clears throat> for me in Australia, so we're a tech solution where you can aggregate 100 micro-influencers for a campaign 
in like days. And it's really cheap and the content all comes through before you've really paid a cent. You've got to still pay for your budget and commit to the platform, but you've still got a bit of flexibility on making mm. sure that the content that appears in front of you is actually on brand before it gets published. Um, so you, in Australia, it's not that big a market. There's not that bigger influences and the budgets aren't that massive. Mm. You could conceivably just do that yourself. Yeah, yeah. it's annoying, but I could pull together Reach 50 or 100. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I, I could, and I, if I worked with an agency, they could do it pretty easily too, yeah. right? In America, you just can't. Yeah. Well, if you if you're doing a, if you want to do a user generated thing in your Oreo or whatever, you might mm. want to reach a hundred thousand yeah people or something. Well, you know? it's just a, it's and so we've been building for scale, so it's a self serve platform that we want to do it and, and on a really big scale. Mm -hmm. And so Americans need that scale because they don't want to just do a campaign with 20 micro-influencers. Wow, we just reached 1.3 million people or something. Yeah. You know, in America, mm -hmm. it's not even worth spending your time and your money on that. Like you've got to be reaching tens of millions. And so <clears throat> where I love it is that doesn't necessarily mean you have to aggregate a 1,000 micro-influencers, but what I like and what I'm excited about is that influencer-generated content. And it goes to the next step, which is, you know, influencers, um, you know, traditionally create the content they posted to their feed, but we've got the content that brands love so much and they just use it in their own social advertising, their own billboards. I love the idea that it just becomes customer generated content, which means any customer, you go to Target, um, you buy a jacket, you walk out, you get an email that says, hey, win the price of your jacket back, just um, mm. email in a photo of you wearing it. And all of a sudden the brand has this sort of stock image library of content shot by their own customers at scale and at speed. That that really excites me. So over there, what can brands do with all of our content when they put it into social mm -hmm. or put it into outdoor, which is billboards, et cetera? Has, has the idea of chasing the long tail, which I guess all of those smaller micro customers are, is that a shift in tribes? original business model do you think no we started like that mm -hmm. but probably too early so in in retrospect i wonder whether like we we were just built for long tail self-serve mm -hmm. jump on create your brief get your content mm -hmm. um but it you then need to be able and you sort of hope word spreads mm -hmm. through word of mouth but you need a pretty sophisticated digital marketing team because you're reaching the long tail yeah. um your product is built for the long tail. You need to tell the long tail. Mm. Like you need an enormous amount of money to be able to um, speak to all of those customers. Whereas the other end, which is non-long tail, which is big companies, you can basically go in there as a salesperson mm. and get their team around a table and talk to them and their budget might be 50 grand. Yeah. And so we're, we were very good at that. So even though we were building for long tail, mm -hmm. we, our sales infrastructure and the way was, you know, sort of almost hand-to-hand -hand combat. It's almost like a loyalty program in some regards. I love that. I, yeah. I absolutely, I, I think that target example mm -hmm. absolutely is. And mm -hmm. fashion brands love that because they need, you know, they, they can't have something six, six months old. Like yeah. Their content needs mm -hmm. to be, you know, get it in straight away, put it in their social ads, and then a month later it's gone. Well, it's gamifying stuff where you can talk about like we've got the Gronk Squad, which are the people that listen to our show. And wow, that's mean. And thinking that we're all Gronks. You're a Gronk too. You're actually you're a king fucking Gronk. But can we put that as the tweet, Jules Lund? You're the the king Gronk. The king in Gronk. Yeah, absolutely. 
Um, but no, I think that it's interesting. The gamification of this stuff around creating community where it's like, rather than it being clear, always transactional as well, like just cash. I find mm. it interesting. Well, I think you look at like someone like Frank Boddy, their user-generated content. is amazing. Was the snowstorm that became the mm. business, right? Mm. And so that's like perfect world. You can actually do that. Yeah. But how do you do that? That's the million-dollar question. And also um, what about the 98% of brands that don't have fanaticism yeah. from there? So it's very easy for brands that have – they put their hashtag in and everyone's celebrating Tesla or everyone's celebrating Nutella. Mm, mm, but mm. what about every other brand, all the brands that are starting off? And so Smith, it's about um, it's about activating um, everyday customers to make them think, oh, yeah, I can actually get rewarded for genuinely expressing mm. a brand that I already use and love, have mm. paid for. And as you say, it's like a loyalty because, you know, you can win back vouchers that keep you in the mm. – Keep you coming back to that same e-commerce yeah. platform, for yeah. instance. That's really interesting. In, should we do the fat? Fr- should we oh, get yeah, fat yeah. Fridays? I was just going to say throughout the ho- throughout this whole journey, how many years? Four now. Yeah. Is oh, it only been four years? Yeah. What? It feels like so much, You're like so much me. time. Yeah. I aged about ten years in the first two. <laughs> <laughs> you were more. TV but there's also a tipping first... point in age. I feel when you get to a certain age, you're getting just younger. A... <laughs> I, yeah. I don't know if it's a startup, but I, don't but, you agree? Hey, with age, well, I so think, like you I hit a point you where look it's at just somewhere you can't really tell. They're either twenty five or thirty five. Yeah. So there's like a sweet and then spot. It's like you're or either, they're either well, I turned Jules is age or seventy, forty or seventy. <laughs> I yeah. turned forty a couple of months ago, so I don't like it. But um, <laughs> I was actually thinking today, thirty, best. Yeah. Like I'm feeling the best. Mm. Feel good. What's wrong with forty? I mean, you're, you're you're more responsible than you've ever been. No, you've I didn't got need to more, be more responsibility than you ever have. I want to be more responsible. I think you're a better person. I know than I you've am, ever been. but I'm more boring. No, but isn't it? But Do you have to stress less about getting in trouble for shit now? Different parts of life. Mate, responsibility with, okay, okay, with yeah, power yeah, yeah, comes sure. great responsibility. Yeah. You know, you you are more responsible. But that is, therein mm. lies the the burden. But doesn't it feel like you have ownership over, like you you you've created the ship? You know, you've got you can have real. No, ownership. He doesn't own the life. whole ship. Yeah, well, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and he's had to sell off part of the ship to <laughs> yeah, get more exactly. cash. No, but I'm no, meeting as you no, as a person, and I have autonomy. But you know, the autonomy that I get to make the decisions are within a very um, mm. specified. Um, uh, list of parameters. Okay, which reframe is, it. It gives you purpose. So well, I've certainly got purpose. Th- then what more could you want? Freedom. Freedom. But mm-hmm. then, I mean, that's a hard one because where's your purpose once you've got the freedom? I think no, sometimes have, the struggle, sometimes the the friction can create what happens the real if purpose. Yeah, but, you know, like I'd imagine if, if you know, I, I walked out of this with some money. This, this podcast, definitely not happening. <laughs> if you find it anywhere, please let us know if it's in this building. Billy, can you check out the back couch. of those couch pillows? There'll be nothing there, There'll sweetheart. <laughs> I think, you know, because I often wonder, like, what do you do if you did sell a business and would you be lost without purpose? But I think you've got to then. I mean, you've got a family. Yeah. And I also think, you know, purpose can be, you know, uh, giving back. And also I think artistry like i love photography mm. i would love to take photos there's an absolute purpose there of expressing mm. an art form but it doesn't come with it shouldn't come with stress i want to be busy but stress and pressure is very different when and was the last time that you worked when you weren't stressed 
yeah, I live in a constant mm. state of yeah. stress. Even but, when I don't need to, I think yeah. I just, it's like a, yeah. a blanket I just pull over me. Yeah. But because I maybe think- that's maybe that's the thing too, right? Which is it's like there's all these things, like because I, I do it all the time too, where it's yeah. like oh, it would be so much better if X, Y, and Z, but then that is so much part of your DNA and who but you I are. I believe, I genuinely believe that that just takes management and you've got to be really... I would hope absolutely mm. dangerous. Imagine mm. you, I did achieve those things and yeah. someone with me without purpose would get pretty depressed. Like yeah. The opposite of stress is, mm-hmm. but I, you would have to really manage it and restructure. But I'm pretty, I'm pretty clear now on what is the most important thing in life. Where the tension sits is that I'm not able to live it. Whereas years ago, I mm. thought the value was in the fame or the fortune yeah. or the business, whereas it is just with yeah. my family. And so it's funny, I'm in a tunnel. Mm. I'm very aware that, you know what, how much more, like what do I actually need? Mm. And I actually am not even proving myself to anyone's, but I've started this thing. I actually am very passionate about the overarching ability Mm. or opportunity to change the face of advertising in a really creative, disruptive way. Like that excites me, like all all day long. But it it comes at a sacrifice I I already realise is probably too costly. Mm. So now what? I think we, we, we get out of the Fat Fridays. <laughs> I think we lunch, eat our feelings. That was an obvious l- l- throw to lunch. <laughs> yeah. um, what's, the, what's the biggest thing you've learned about yourself over this journey? Well, I've learned resilience. Um, what does that mean? Well, it's really tough and you really, you don't have a choice but to sort of pick yourself up and – in those moments where you think it's all, oh, there's, you know, it just gets tough and you go, God, we're in, you know, trouble here. We won't be able to raise. Like before the last raise. Um, what was it, what are, what are the worst case scenarios that actually went into your mind? Oh, the embarrassment of it going, oh, it was this amazing thing. And we just literally just, yeah. we ran out of money. Mm-hmm. Like literally you can make almost any mistake. If you run out of money, they take you out of the game. It's over. No matter how amazing, and people would just say that as a fail. What would that? What would life look like? What if that hadn't have happened? Uh, you know what? What's ended up happening has happened. I guess that's the other interesting thing. If we think of anxiety, is worrying about things that are in the future. Startups by design are anxiety inducing because it's, about it's always mm. on this trajectory to looking yeah. at what it's going to be. Annoyingly. The future always looks bright in my mm-hmm. – so I'm a, I'm a long-term optimist yeah. but a short-term pessimist. Yeah, but the only thing is we all we have is the present, which is the short-term. I know, yeah. I know. Is, but I, I think I'm the same in regards to like the thing that excites me about this show is actually not talking with you now. It's talking to you in 10 years and it being <laughs> a bigger show and a different show. That, yeah. Like the present for me has always felt like the – step that I'm having to take just yeah, well, to we, eventually get to the place I want to go. We talked about yesterday. It's the where we are now <gasps> is not where we, we want to be. 3D deals bringing out. Uh, please come on in, 3D deal. So this is a um, – I thought about you, Jules, and I thought, what do you love? It's Nando's. But that was more when we got it for free. <laughs> no, I still eat Nando's. We, no, we no. went to Nando's last week. We go between Guzman and Nando's. Yeah. But the other thing I thought was your freezer um, – is filled with Ben and Jerry's My ice God. cream. Yeah, and look at little Bill. She's. I know. We've only got four excited. tubs, Billy, and there's only three of us. <laughs> so <laughs> it's bad news for you. 
Uh, we, um, we all want it one tub and three this is point three reoccurring. Should we get bowls as well? Let's yeah, we should get a little bowl. Uh, I don't know what your favourite flavour is, so we got four. It's amazing. What what, what is your favourite flavour? Fish food. Fish food. See, I said that. <laughs> Did we get fish food or See, no? I said, I said, it, was, it wasn't at Woolies. It wasn't there. Three to deal. Okay. Yeah, I knew it was I, a fish food. To be food honest, one. it's not fish food. I was just saying that because <laughs> yeah, I it's not there. I, I'm doing radio. It's a family. It's an awkward <laughs> bomb drop. No, because what I did was I yelled out, fish food. Yeah. And they were like, what, yak, fish? And then. Ben and Jerry's ice cream. Do you know the best slogan of all time? You love this. It's, and this is brave marketing. And, and last few years, I feel like there's been a lot more of it. But they, their slogan was the ice cream with less ice cream in it. Oh, yeah, yeah we've talked great. about this. That's genius because mm-hmm. it means that there's more bits. And as someone you could probably relate. You, was well, that has you he got more bits? <laughs> How many nipples have <laughs> you got? No, I, don't, I do like more bits. As a general rule, you want the, the most want amount the bits. of bits. You want, mate, you want Violet, like the crumble in that yeah. fucking oh. uh, hokey pokey. Like if don't you get you, big bits. Hey, oh. How much pressure do you put on the ice cream guy? <laughs> yeah. oh. Do you agree? Yeah, I'm a sicko. I, people I, have I, had I, mental breakdowns so, based on me staring up down. But, <laughs> but they're standing there and you know they've got the rocky road and they're just going for vanilla. Yeah. And you're there going, mate, if you don't get on that other side – all the like the the honeycomb yeah. and fudge and stuff. You're there. You're just looking at them, going, "If you don't hit that vein, mate, I'm going to hit yours." <laughs> There's a place, uh, in, I think, in Albert Park, an ice cream shop, amazing. But I've got a trick. So you get a two scoop, but you want the one flavor that you want the most of. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, of course. So you want that First at the bottom, one. right? Yeah, yeah. So it's yeah. more, and it goes in. Do you think? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Don't stuff up. Don't get it on the top because mm-hmm. the second. So you just got to. You don't give them two. You just two, give so, one. Uh, I'm thinking yeah, that one, and then you know exactly what you <laughs> yeah, want. Yeah. But oh, you're yeah. just saying, uh, yeah. I mean, Josh's yeah, technique I mean, with I, the avocado. Yeah. Well, no, no, no with, the double with, uh, Mad Mad Max or Guzmani, any yeah. of those places. Guz, this is a good one. This is a good one. Guzmani. Guzman. Guzman. Guzman y Gomez. Guzman y Gomez. No. Guzman. 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 No. <laughs> Didn't we look up that whole? How do you say I've it? I've just Mr. made ads for them. How do you say it though? No. Guzman y Gomez. No. Mr. Nay Seven got a 97 enter score. I know, and he he spent he way too it. much time. He's really good. Oh my god! I, I talked to them. I'm emailing the the marketing so, team today, and I've been on stage with Lara right. Thomas, the CMO. Okay. She says this, Guzman, and okay. I believe her. And the founder, <laughs> so, I've met Stephen. Right, okay. okay. just tell He says Guzman. Okay. Okay. He, he says Guzman. Guzmani. No. <laughs> the Y is, is he does a soft it's Y. It's a space. The Y means and. Okay. Guzman E. Which is a Y. Okay. Gomez. Okay, anyway, my Guzman trick is. My GYG. Trick is, call it GYG. 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 Anyway, if you go to GYG, Mad Max, any of those places. Uh, we don't. We go to Guzman. Yeah, go, yeah go to, <laughs> they do do. Um, it's much better than oh, that. Yeah. You're embarrassed because oh, no, you're about it's, to it's say how better. you shoplift um, oh, no, 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 guac. No, 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 it's not guac at all. What I do is um, I even do this at Chipotle, uh, US. Never heard of it. Uh, US brand. <laughs> no. But well, I, they don't uh, have Guzman over there yet, do they? Uh, no. But they. Um, I think they the, launched one. Check it out. Has, okay. has really? GYG launched in America? I Singapore think they did one. and Japan, they're owning that. It's well, growing fast. The, um, what you do is you ask for meat. And then once they've put on the first amount of meat, say, oh, actually, yeah. can I have double meat? Yeah. Because so what they've done is yeah. they've anchored, Jeez, they've anchored the first it. amount of meat. It's unreal. And then yeah. you double the right. Ro- because yeah. this is your um, coffee cup thing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. A, it's just a yeah. bunch of scumbags it, trying to look for loopholes. That's yeah. exactly Can I give you doing. one more? And this isn't a loophole, life but hack. this is a life hack. Life mm-hmm. hack, okay. And I don't know oh. if you do this, but every, t- 
every time you get out of a Uber, what yeah. do I say? Oh, every I think I've mentioned on this show. Yeah, five, five stars. stars. Five stars. Five stars for you, stars mate. Because what do you do? You get out, and he's got the confidence that you're giving him five stars. He gives you five stars every yeah. time. My ratings through the roof, and I get out and I give him one. Joke. <laughs> I mean, with oh, the um, with tribe, what I'm curious about is, do you you talk about you provide a cheap option for brands? Is there a risk in doing what Uber's done with drivers in commoditizing so much that it squeezes that end of the of the market? Mm. Um, so it cheapens. Do you mean? Well, you just need more and more volume. Mm. So the, the reality is, like brands need so much volume of content. Very quickly, should we just we use one spoon for each flavor? We get all of our flavors, and then we all pick one of the spoons. Yes. <laughs> All right. When did you think that through? Because I, I don't even. I don't even. Did you do that last night? No, I was, no, I was thinking about it when you were answering. I was just like, I saw him about to do TJ about no, to do I just something. Did this. So, so what were you say so that again? What I'm saying is because we've got three punnets in front of four punnets. Four, mate. Just dish out the one with old mate on here. They can't see that. Can I have? Yes, they They're can. They're watching YouTube. YouTube, dude. There's a oh, camera right in front of your face. <laughs> <laughs> you're you're so engrossed. I would have played up to that camera so much better. No, that's I don't okay. even looked at it. Did you not even see that there? <laughs> Core. Hi, guys. Um, what hey. <laughs> if you're listening at home, get a line. So, so what I'm, do we have one more spoon or no? There's one more. Okay. So what I was saying is can I have the – Yeah, never mind. And, uh, Jules, you can go first. Because you can get the middle, because the middle bits are. No, it's not a core. <laughs> so none of these are Ben and Jerry's core. Ben and Jerry's oh, core has literally. Has, Go on. Um, <laughs> He's furious. There's they, no, what do you mean there's no core? Um, so there's um, Ben and Jerry's core, which will have, some of them will have just caramel, like a. In a, the middle, yeah. Right in the middle. Or there'll be peanut butter right in the middle. Mm -hmm. These are spread throughout. So I wouldn't assume that the best bit's in the it middle. in the middle. Okay. Yep. Oh geez, I got a good bit in the middle. So though. one interesting, th one interesting thing Billy? about. Uh, I love that you both said go first. <laughs> and you both absolutely. No, well, there's <laughs> help yourself to whichever one. The great thing uh, about Ben and Jerry's is they're actually very uh, socially conscious. Did you know this? I did. Are you guys going to then take this and like send it to them? Or and send it to them. And we should. <laughs> We've been having real issues about trying to get free stuff lately. Well, yeah, I think there's probably a. a they're not big enough. They probably have a threshold. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> We're hoping with people like you, we just le like leverage Look, hard. I'm happy to say a free endorsement because mm -hmm. when you love a brand, this is the point of Tribe, to be yeah. honest. When you love a brand, you oh. want to tell people. Mm -hmm. You want to talk about Red Rock Deli chips, my God. Yeah. Like They're lime, a good product, aren't they? Mate, Ben & Jerry's. Yeah, this one's good. I've got Corona, mm -hmm. um, Red Rock Deli chips, either Nando's or GYG. Um which I love, and um, oh, that looks good. <laughs> it's it's a caramel one. Caramel oozing out of the middle yeah. of this one. Triple caramel. What chunk. are your favourite brands of all time? Favourite brands of all time? Oh. Not food related or just brands? Yeah. Right? Just That's, Apple. Your Apple. I mean, yeah. I've, I've become a bit disenfranchised with Apple. Because of that friggin' stupid watch you're wearing? Yeah, well, just if there's, a few, <laughs> there's a few issues. I, I went through yeah, four been, MacBook you and Pros. I, I remember. You and I have... We're, uh, the problem with being an early adopter, you deal with all the shit. You're yeah. an early adopter. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You get all Haim the is the same. Haim is the earliest adopter. Yeah, with tech, he'll yeah, yeah. just he'll double down on tech. Mm. Yeah, 
And well, I he used got the to whole V. Well, you even Tesla. did the VR. You did the VR stuff as well. Or? Yeah, and I. Well, I bought Tommy. Yeah, a, I've got one. But once again, bring to the office. No, but once again, you, it wears off. The, I bought yeah. the Apple Watch. I'm glad you said it because I wasn't going to say it. <laughs> of course. <laughs> when you bought it, that's for me. why I didn't buy well, it. For it's, me. A, it's a novel. I didn't want the guilt looking <laughs> me in the face, if I, sitting on my shelf. Now, There's 350 bucks just staring at me. Dill, uh, you can go get the uh, ice cream and help yourselves as well, and get some for Billy. I've already um, given her some. Oh, okay. so we're just going to forget oh about ninety-seven. Oh, he yeah, was too no. focused on building out a fortress. You're not going to shit for a week. I was <laughs> trying oh to God. do every single flavour. Yeah. yeah, but yeah, portions. You're allowed to it's do fat, that. It's Fat Fridays. When else are you, you going to do it? Have you? Do you think you've got body image uh, yeah. issues? Yeah. Have you been fat? Yeah. Before? Well, my yeah, I could show you some photos, but. Yeah, my gut. I inst- I look at bread and I get a gut. Well, you. So there was a. I mean, in, in Getaway, you've been on TV. You were in TV oh, for that's a, why I quite stopped. a while. Yeah, but the problem is, they stopped sending me to the beach. Because <laughs> you know why? Because I used to go to the beach and I'd wear a black rashy. <laughs> and they were like, "Is they were, like when they hired Absolutely me? Not. I was fit as. Yeah. And then can you look up on? Um, YouTube on Google. And then I just – and so they had to hire people that wouldn't wear big black rashies. One day I wore a white one. Don't ever do that. What have you done? What's the most extreme thing that you've done in regards to trying to stay slim or lose weight? Oh, I thought you meant on Getaway. They would have opened up a whole can of great <laughs> stories. Instead I'm talking darting. Um, <laughs> darting while eating Ben and Jerry's. Oh, this is a juxtaposition. Oh, do, you, do you mean diet? I think you meant – Dieting. Darting, I thought it was no, a way of saying no. like just on the ciggies, <laughs> pack a day, try and lose weight. I mean, because I thought it was interesting. I was listening to um, Gondy's got a podcast and he had mm-hmm. um, Smallsy on. He was talking about all of his. <laughs> I haven't listened to the names. I forget about radio. <laughs> What's your, why did that stuff? Why can't you just have Graham and that? Why, why did all gra gra like like you could? Is it? Like, what did you say, Gaundy, Gaundy Smallsy, Lowy, yeah. Bigsy, Bigsy, Bags, Did you Labby. nearly have a name? Did you have a name outside of Jules? No. But um, they always just, just, oh, God. But so he, anyway, Smallsy was talking about his, uh, he reckons that people who are behind a microphone <laughs> or people who are on camera and all that sort of thing are basically, most of them are doing it based on some form of insecurity, which normally comes out in... Something in regards to whether food. it's weight or food or anything. Well, you're just like more having to be more conscious because it's a part of your job, right? No. I think what he's saying is I you personally get, wasn't listening. You, you get into the industry <laughs> because you want you want validation mm-hmm. or attention. Mm. And that's the thing that why can't you just be mm. an entertainer? Why why does the medium change that? Like years ago you could be a theatre goer or something, you know, mm. you're an actor. Mm. Why 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 can't it actually just be the arts as opposed to um, the, well, the, the audience changes that, I think. The dirty nature of fame. Well, I mean, admittedly, I've always been an attention seeker, but I also do enjoy getting reactions out of people. And then if, I, but I did then, as a young person, go, I want fame and fortune. Like mm-hmm. it was dirty and filthy, and yeah. like I just want more attention <laughs> at a greater scale mm-hmm. with, with money. I think these initial goals, as much as in hindsight they're a bit negative, like yeah, okay. There's, the, they're okay for the meantime to get you to that next step. It's when people get caught up in the shit. Yeah, and they don't – no, they don't recalibrate. <laughs> yeah. Because what you learn very quickly when you do it is you go, oh, this is really annoying, the mm. fame side. And the money um, 
it's just great. <laughs> I <laughs> miss it. Well, the, 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 fame, the fame bit, what was the, what's the most outrageous thing that you've had to deal with based on oh, you just get, your fame? You get, so automatically you need, especially in Australia, you need to be taken down a couple of pegs. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so, and, and honestly, at pubs and stuff, often it's females, right? Mm-hmm. Like guys, yeah, they would just, they would just, they would, Imagine walking up to something and you think you're so good and I and it's my job to mm. tell you you're not. But but if you don't think you're so good, they're not taking you down a couple of pegs. They're just actually making you feel sh- horrible. Yeah, yeah. And so it's just like bullying. So What's interesting though, you can't, what you did, the medium you were on, was TV short, sharp pieces where they're, they're not getting – it's not like a podcast where they're hearing well, it's your you. belief system. It's not your personality. And, yeah, it's, it's just a, a it's caricature you being of a presenter, you. Which is, Imagine how hard it is then being an actor. You don't even know who the person is. You haven't yeah. even heard from them. Mm. Yeah. Who the hell's Tom Cruise? That level but of fame would be better outrageous. For him. Well, yeah, be, until yeah. he until he became him and got on Oprah's couch, mm. and then you go, oh, hang on a sec. So you're absolutely right, but a lot of people shouldn't <laughs> shouldn't be met. I remember yeah, one like night. a lot of people in the entertainment industry are odd. Mm. They should just be. They should just. <laughs> you should only experience them through that one. I mean, you you had a a good portion of time where every year you were hosting the red carpet of the Logies. Did you get mm. the call back this year? It just happened last weekend. Were you there? Did it? No. Well, I'm curious because I <laughs> I didn't read any of the articles, but I saw Brand a lot of the headlines, you. which were something along the lines of the Logies need to end now. <laughs> Who was that? To be honest, I, did what I, I didn't know it was on, mm. but the next morning I saw and then I watched Tom Gleason's it was great. Logie's speech and it was and I sent it to a friend and I just uh, it was just wasn't it fascinating in our lifetime mm. to see something just lose its shine? It, mm. it, 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 it was it, it's actually it feels yuck like mm. and how he talked about it on stage and he's not lying. Um his view of it is pretty accurate to what it There's started. The truth, to... like what makes it funny, is the so, level of truth. Can you summarise what he said? Because I didn't watch it. Well, he literally he, he sort of said, "This whole thing's dumb." I won the award, and I was saying that it was dumb. Isn't this just all a big joke? Well, the, the pro- that... the, it, it's more than that. The bottom line is, when TV was such an was the main media in this country, the, it held so much power because. All the money was there, which means mm. you brought all the all the eyeballs were there. Then the money comes, and then you got to get the talent. And so the colour of a talent got better and better. With the money, just quickly, I remember hearing a quote that was TV, uh, TV, oh, radio. You buy the house, TV. You buy the pool. Is is that right? Like as in make you, more you make more money in radio than you do, you do TV? Yeah, you do. But there's few. I suppose there was probably less people. In radio, you remember there's only so much real estate, mm. you know, whereas on TV there could be a show like Hey, Hey, and there's 15 or 20 people that are getting that, but there's no radio show with 15 or 20 people. Yeah. So, sure. so the real estate. Collectively. Yeah, yeah, so those people that are s- smaller. And also that's through a lens of talent, which you've got to imagine that TV and radio Say an hour commands the same amount of advertising dollars, right? Mm. So, because you've got you're reaching the same amount of people on radio or on TV, the production costs. Think in about TV. the price mm. that it costs from lighting, grips, camera, mm. 
you know, if you ever went into a TV um, studio, uh, researchers, one hour is so big. Now, the talent is only one of 50, right? Whereas on radio, you literally have some microphones and it all comes down to one or two voices or three voices and then a couple of people helping on phones and some people on the desk. But the production price. So mm. it means if you, if those two individuals, the talent, can hold all of that advertising dollar, they should get it all. I'm sorry I'm eating ice cream while you're talking. That's fine. It's just the <laughs> fact that you've dripped some on your crutch. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, one thing I've noticed too is radio, it seems like they're, they're getting more producers. I noticed this with like <clears throat> Jason PJ or Kyle and, J- Kyle and Jack, it feels like they've all always had a an, mm. sort of ensemble cast of producers. Mm. Why do you think that is or do you think there are just a few breakfast shows? I think possibly the the talent know that there's only very few of them. They're not they're mm. not developing too many more. I mean there's talent sort of coming through, mm-hmm. right? And but they're not there's not this huge influx. Like you think of all the talent that is rising up in other medias, mm. right? Not in television, mind you, but in others, it's just huge whereas in radio it's a very specific skill set and what happening is the old, um, the old guard isn't being replaced by the new guard. The old guard is just going around to another <laughs> station. Knocking sure. on. Can it's I come like, in? It's just like um, musical chairs, right? Yeah. So that's how it's, it's so non-competitive that those talent have so, – like I could go back to radio mm. and I would love to go back to radio, but if it was any other place, I'd be irrelevant and they would have moved on ten times mm. over. But for some reason radio – it doesn't seem to be surfacing or investing in those. And so what happens is brand, um, executives either go, either go, let's do a really big name and they bring the big name in there or they go, let's go with an absolute nobody at the other end. And so they sort of can't win. Mm, and looking yeah. at Today FM Breakfast, which I worked on, you know, and they've had like five or six since Kyle and Jack left, they've tried it all. Mm. They started with some big names like Mel B was in our show. You know, what does that look like? Then they're like, nah, we're going to go down to Maz the other end. And then they're like, do you know what? It's going to take us five or ten years in order for people to actually know who Dan and Maz are, you know, in billboards, like to really give them a 360 um, personality. So they moved out that and they went back to a big name, which was Rove. And so they're trialling all of, all of those things. And so what you were saying before, when, before I interrupted, the Logie stuff, Tom Gleeson. So, Lo- well, Logies see that. The interesting thing about um, the Logies or what the sad reality is that um, it had so much power mm. but then because it's um, it, it just doesn't hold the crown anymore. And so what happens is when you had the cream of the crop um, nominated for the Logie, the gold Logie, it was really competitive and it was mm. really big. Um, it, it was an amazing honour. Now if you look at the gold Logie nominees, you know, you don't even re- – there was a few I didn't recognise mm-hmm. and you would think that even me who doesn't watch a lot of TV, you would still know who they are, mm-hmm. right? And there were people within there that doesn't. And then, you know, and I think Haim was probably um, – or Carl, but Haim was probably the last one that I thought, you know, and then it's sort of now it's just – and not to say these people don't deserve it. Mm-hmm. Is it because the media is fragmented though? Fragmented. Is, yeah. And it doesn't mean that the grants and, and – and, um, Helen Keller's and, and Tom Gleason's don't deserve it. Mm. It's just that they themselves would agree that what it what what you imagined it to be years ago was this like dominant force mm. um, on TV, and it was enormous amounts of success. But now you just can be a performer that's done some great stuff, 
and that is popular mm. and then you get the gold Logie. And so what his comment was, which everyone sort of <laughs> feels is it really, and you go into the stations like it's, you know, these it, it's 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 a different industry. They they're going through their own challenges. So you you notice that, I mean, because you've got the unique oh, yeah. perspective of seeing it before and after mm. those shifts. Yeah. What, and what, what is it actually? What does it what does it look like? Is it less less people involved? Are yeah. there less people in cubicle? Like yeah. What's the... Well, I mean, the sad reality is just less viewers, mm-hmm. right? So you know, like um, Hames show the uh, Lego, Lego Masters. Masters. Yeah. So. You know, like we, we at Getaway Days, we were rating, you know, 1.5s, you know, and now if you were to get a 1.5, it's huge. It's just mantra. So it's just, there's less people watching it yeah. because mm. they're, they're, they've got Foxtel and Netflix and Stan and, and it's just the nature of it. And so, which what, is all on demand most of the Yeah. Time. And what they've got to do is that the, it becomes bell ended, right? So you either do lots of cheap, lots of content, you know, which maths. is the reality Well, stuff. it's math yeah. stuff. Or you go spend really big mm-hmm. um, and you go hard on event television, mm-hmm. which is the Ninja Warriors, et cetera, and The Voice. And so that's been happening. Which has o- become huge. Yeah, and that's y- been happening over the last five or ten years slowly. But the stuff in the middle is the stuff that um, can struggle a little bit. What, why? Because everything you described there is unscripted content. Australia, like I is think there- it's expensive. But yeah. they still do it on stand. They get some big budgets. But- you know, you're not getting the return mm. on. And look, I'm not the expert, to be honest. But I'm when just you, going do you off sense on, it though? Like in regards to when was the last time you were at the Logies? Maybe 2013, or when was the last time like you three were hosting? Years ago. Okay, uh, can't remember when I was. I did 10 years, and I think it finished in like I don't know what the last one I did was. Did you sense it though that that what Tom Gleason spoke about the other night was that something that was in the whispers and no. talking about it. No, everyone's then, oh. been cynical. No, I, it, I to be honest, I didn't feel it then. Mm. And these things, t- like I said to Sammy who I was texting, I said these things move fast. Yeah. And radio, mm. that's why radio has to be really careful because they see it coming, I reckon, and they're disrupting themselves. And so it takes some real powerful innovators. So things like Podcast One where they start to have, as you say, on demand. But I, I think um, – I think radio has to see it. But when I moved out from TV and radio to do social or tech, it was absurd. Yeah. Now when I watch Tom Gleason, I go, it's critical for talent to diversify and think about it. Now I think radio is pretty insulated. It seems really good and, and there's great work in that. You, you know, when I started, and Tommy will attest because Tommy wanted to naturally – you know, like you wanted to be a TV presenter mm. and I was helping you through that. What career is there in TV presenting? Yeah, nothing. There's nothing. You you, you yeah. did, what did you do, the Fox 8 show? Yeah. And like you can't just go, I'm going to be a TV presenter mm. in this country as much. Yeah. There's just not a lot of. <laughs> that came through. Amy's mate was producing that show and needed somebody. Well, you even think about like. Um... But I think you, sorry, just to yeah. interrupt Josh, you saw the writing on the wall for that because your suggestion to me, you're in there, you're making money doing mm. it, you're at the top of that game and you're saying don't well, pick I said, up the camera, dude. Yeah. Pick up the camera. If I didn't pick up the camera, I wouldn't be here. It I wouldn't have a so production long. company. Like think about when that started happening, when the writing was sort of on the wall and that how long, like it does take, it does own, take, it takes time. Oh, but, nine or something? But like you know, that? the other thing, so there was not only that, which is I said, you can't just be on camera, you've got to yeah. be the... They call it the predator, yeah. producer, editor. Yeah. yeah, yeah. 
I took it literally. <laughs> <laughs> so sorry about that. Anyway, once you got out of jail. Yes. Um, so um, that, which was diversify your skills because you've got to be sort of everything, right, because I saw that that was the value in YouTube, these people, right, anyone can present now. Mm. Like that's what it did. Mm. As soon as you could talk to a camera and upload it, everyone's a TV presenter. And I won't lie to yeah. you, everyone was a better TV presenter because yeah. they didn't have all the shit in their way that an actual real TV presenter had, yeah. which was the nerves and the camera and everyone um, controlling your voice and what you should say and these guys were just opening it up and expressing authentically. Mm. And I'd watch these guys and just go, you already, that whoever that person, and you, Tommy, you better present a more natural presenter than the the professionals. So as soon as I saw that, I went, right, you're going to have to, there's no such thing as a presenter. You've got to mm. actually be a content teller, a storyteller. Mm. But then the next piece was when you were working in radio, so, you know, and and you as well, we were creating content for brands for the network to sell, right? Yeah. And so you guys came very skilled. And what, I, what Tommy kept saying, right, I'm going to go back to this radio station. I'm going to try to, you know, work for that radio station and do branded content. I just said, why do you need the radio network? Go direct to brands. Mm. The brands, for the first time, take you seriously. Just do your content for the mm. brands. Don't leave it up to this awkward mm. traditional thing in the centre and just create what you would do. You don't need all the rest. Mm. And and you started to do that and mm. and now you guys have done yeah. it together. Yeah. Well, I think the, the interesting thing is understanding how, like where the money ends up going. That's what I'm curious about is like, so we've seen what's happened with the Logies. We're seeing what public perception is of all that sort of stuff. How Facebook is, and Google. Yeah. Facebook and Google. And like so uh, it has to go somewhere, right? Well, so it goes yeah. within those platforms. Where do... Where does it sit for the actual content creators, like people like us? Well, it's good news for the content creators. Mm. It's just bad news, I reckon, for the, at times, the publishers. So the publishers, their power was that they had eyeballs. Mm. And so the publishers being? Like, uh, it could be everyone from the networks, like media companies, so mm -hmm. Channel 9 and Channel 10 or so The like Age or, media or, or New Idea. Uh -huh. These are all publishers, even the pedestrians, right? What they sell is their audience. They collect mm. a community of audience. And how do you think that's different to what we do? I think I know the answer, but I'm curious to see your lens on what makes us different to publishers. It's got a brain freeze. <laughs> no, I don't have a brain freeze. I'm, I'm thinking um, you're creating branded, like you're, you're answering briefs for the brands, aren't you? Isn't that the a lot of the video content? That well, you do? I, yeah, I mean that's a thing. So from a from a client point of view, like creating content for clients that yeah. don't have us in it, that's where it's at right now. And so mm. the transition we're trying to uh, discover is over the next ten years, how does it translate to if if we think about uh, a radio show and how many how much it costs to run that thing, how much the radio license costs, how many people are in sales and all that sort of stuff. If we're just a small agile team of five of us, surely if we produce awesome content, Absolutely. we'll be able to have yeah. enough eyeballs and enough of an audience they to don't do care. something. They, mm. they, they just, the f 10 years ago, you couldn't have got those eyeballs. <laughs> mm -hmm. But I, yeah. I think without a, a license that cost you a million dollars, yeah. now you can get those eyeballs and the brands just, that's what influencer marketing mm. is. You so know, why wouldn't the brands though go to, f why aren't we in the same predicament that the publishers are in, 
in regards to brands, M&Ms just going to Facebook and targeting our, you know, our audience anyway, not through us but through. Because they want engagement, mm-hmm. right? And what you guys are perfecting is how to engage audience. Mm-hmm. So they need engagement. That's yeah. the point of influencers because, you know, and, uh, and content creators, the, that's the whole point. It's like, you guys talking and offering value mm. is more value than an ad. Mm. So that's mm. that's the point. And sure. so um, that that's the point of the influencer thing. If an influencer says, how good's Ben and Jerry's, it carries a lot more weight than Ben mm. and Jerry saying, how good are we? But do we lose uh, the the clout in that? So this the reason why this is so authentic is because we paid for it and it's not part of a brand integration, which is to your point with the tribe stuff. The stuff you that you buy, you can talk about. But how, I, how do we how do we do that in a in an authentic way? Okay, well you you are human, and so you endorse a thousand brands as consumers. Mm-hmm. So just generally, you already yeah. so mm-hmm. you you should collaborate with brands you genuinely would be saying anyway. And should but, they be giving us because I guess where we're at at the moment is we've got some awesome brands like Seagate and QNAP sending us shit, which is amazing, right? They're supporting us at the early stage where there's still like a long way for Mm. us to go. They give us stuff and we highlight why their product is great and how we're using it. How do we then get to a point where we can say, hey, actually this is worth some cash now? So When you're offering more value than their products. Mm. When do you know that? I think it's the is it it's the, purely audience number? That's what I'm curious about. Is it? Are we talking? You have to purely prove in, that you can move the needle for them yeah. worth more than the the the, the, the product, the cost yeah. of their mm. product. Yeah. So where they go, I'm giving them this, but the, if they take it away, right, I'm willing to pay because that audience, it's you're just adding value. It's the shift on. I'm for what you do. The ROI is probably very important, but the sh- is the mentality of ROI for brands shifting based on okay, sure, we can do something with you guys and see a number spike. But there's also a bunch of other stuff then buying into the brand that we're creating and the people we have on the show. Mm. Like I think that's where the value is rising for Mm. teams, small teams. Half of the battle is you proving your value. You know, and you that's have, what we have to do. I think that that yeah. like that is the key. And that, that's mm. the sad reality of podcasts, mm-hmm. um, not this, but I'm just saying generally in the last few years of podcasts, mm-hmm. you think of how valuable, like when someone's loving a podcast and listening to that for an hour, yeah. the problem was no one was mm-hmm. knowing if anyone was listening to it. They were just measuring it based on what was downloading, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. subscription number yeah. and which, you know, everyone goes into their Apple podcasts and, mm-hmm. and there's auto subscribing and auto downloading tons you aren't listening to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so there was just that gray area where it just would have, it, and it's it's getting better now. Yeah, where IAB people, and all that sort of thing are implementing yeah. stuff so that it's and that's, it's cleaner. And yeah. that's what we like. Like mm. there was, it's funny. A lot, lot of the podcast hosts were giving out these inflated numbers on the download on downloads, and then became IAB compliant. And so many podcasters were pissed because like, where did all our numbers go? Yeah. Whereas we were welcoming it because we're like. But now we know where we now yeah. we know where we actually yeah. stand. Now we actually have strong data that we can say this is how many people are listening. And so, so we have the same problem with influencer marketing as podcasting, mm-hmm. which is half the battle is proving the ROI. And so, technology and those bigger platforms enabling you and and giving access to all those rich mm-hmm. insights 
can turn on entire categories because mm. as soon as marketers go, there's a value there and I feel comfortable about that, they just triple down. Mm. And so we're waiting for that and it's coming with influencer marketing. That's what I was talking about, which is where Instagram is um, enabling a paid partnerships tag, which is every influencer that posts, say, Ben and Jerry's, not only do they just write mm. hashtag ad, well, they don't need to anymore, they will actually just um, tag as a branded collaboration with mm -hmm at Ben and Jerry's and then under their um, profile, it will say paid partnership. Now the benefit of that is not only disclosure, which is this is within Instagram or where within is this? Instagram, yeah. but once you tag Ben and Jerry's now, Ben and Jerry's gets all of the rich insights from that post. Ah. And so they go into their Facebook ads manager. Uh -huh. And so they'll have a hundred posts from say tribe influencers. And now they can say, see which ones are performing and they can finally for the first time mm -hmm. ever see who have they reached, males, females, um, what are the impressions, not just the vanity metrics, likes and mm -hmm. comments, but then they can benchmark it against their other so branded social campaigns. Yeah. So it's the first time soon you'll be able to, and it might be scary because mm. we well, might see that influencer marketing yeah. doesn't work. Well, yeah. I think the thing is, it's I mean, it's where cross-posting, like Facebook cross-posting where you could do that. It's allowing, giving them access into the insights, yeah. which I think is a good thing because it means that we can, you can no longer rely on so there's a, there's people who are who are buying followers and then using that follower yeah, yeah, account yeah. to do things like to be yeah. able to go on expensive yeah, yeah, trips yeah. and shit like that. But here's here's the other the best bit you can see out of those hundred posts the ten that performed the best mm. like the the piece of content the pick or the clip, and then what you can do is you can boost that or turn that into an ad. So if you turn that into an ad. Right now, all of a sudden, organic influencer marketing, you couldn't click through. It was like link in bio mm -hmm. or swipe ups. But now it says buy now, learn more. This is um, still living on their page. Yeah, yeah um, wow. install ad. So that's powerful. And then the next bit is they've just released um, when you tag products. So they let the creator tag a product, which is revolutionary in itself, like tag um, ben and Jerry's, you're holding it right. Mm. But then they've got Instagram checkout, which means that you can press on that and purchase it because you've got your addr shipping address and your mm. credit card details mm. and even your sizes. You can press it in a couple of buttons without leaving Instagram. It's on its way to your house. Now, that has got to be the reason why Systrom, the founders, Kevin and Mike, mm. have left because that mm. this now is not a photo-sharing community, mm. which it still is. It's an e-commerce. It it's is a yeah. an e There's mm. over a bit. There would be, I reckon they're going to say 1.2 billion or 1.3 mm. billion people, act, daily active mm. users, and they're about to just, this thing is going to turn into the biggest e-com thing you've ever seen. So now you know you're actually getting, influencer posts are getting sales within the app. Mm. So now- Value is proven. So podcasting, once again, is you, you, that's the challenge within these where we're going to find that. I mean, you've done a lot of ambassador deals and things and endorsements and stuff like that over the years. How does this play into that? Because I guess you have this situation where it's I post a piece of content about a brand and I expect it within my realm, within my community. As you know, contracts are pretty specific. It's like you can have access to digital, but you don't get print, yeah, you yeah, don't yeah. get billboard and all that sort of thing. Are we, are we going to have to reevaluate that whole thing or will these services actually play in with that? So it's the, an opt-in. Yeah. The, when you tag a brand, Ben and mm -hmm. Jerry's, um, you have another toggle that says, allow them to boost it. 
Cool. Yeah. So you control whether it get gets amplified or not. And so if they want you to change that toggle, mm. give you an extra thousand bucks for the content rights to turn it into advertising. Yeah, that's really interesting. Well, I think if you were to strip it back for people that aren't that don't have an audience yet, right? Mm. Because that's the missing it's just piece. As, well, the point is this is affiliate links. So forever affiliate marketing is literally just a blogger mm. that would get a, a specific URL. So a, a web link that was only, so it, it'd be like Ben and Jerry's forward slash Tommy jacket. Mm. And then you would post, Hey, you should buy Ben and Jerry's and you put it on your website or you put it in Twitter. If, if people buy it because of that link, you get a percentage of the profits. Mm. So they just do that at scale across and, thousands and, and in, thousands. And in America, the affiliate marketing category is monstrous. It's not yeah. influencer marketing and it's based not on celebrities and stuff. It's just based on everyday people. Mm. It's like Avon Lady. It's like Tupperware parties. It's do you this, think that's dangerous? Do you think like the average person completely underestimates what this means? Do you think like an honest, uneducated... people, we, it, there's, no, there's nothing around... If you take, I don't think it's a question of authenticity. Once again, everyone's going to go the path of least resistance. Like, why are you going to? It's commoditized. It's definitely saying like it's playing in a realm where it is going to, by default, lower the worth of all of these things based on uh, when the worth for the creator. Yeah. Well, if you think about it, when when cameras became affordable, but isn't that great? Everything gets cheaper. Well, I think it's. No, because as creators, how do we, like, I guess there is, that's going to all sort of change in regards to what we're worth. The distinction and between so, people who identify as creators, right? Yeah. I think Us. everyone should be a creator. And, and when. And so, based on that, the idea of everyone being a creator, just like if everyone was an artist, artistry or the art form is worth less if everyone is. Yeah, but that was doing what it. we were talking about TV presenters, YouTubers. Mm. And it was at scale. Podcasters. And it's, it does. It it mm. takes art form, but the 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 good ones, it yeah. stay brilliant. And and so the, I guess the question is: the other are ones, the good ones main? Is the differentiating factor that the good ones are mainstream? Is it that like I guess that's what television was playing into? The good ones are the ones that are seen by I the most think, amount of people. I just think the good ones rise to the top. You mm-hmm. know, it was like podcasts. You know, like good ones. Yeah. If you're engaging travels mm-hmm. and that's how it always should have been you know and that's how i suppose television started and radio started you know people had opportunities mm. and and they they rise I, I like a level playing field for that reason yeah do you think that you would ever uh, have a youtube channel that you would be updating regularly i wouldn't but i i know that i wouldn't have a hope in hell what about your business insights but like i wouldn't I could imagine have, no but i wouldn't have if i i'll give you an example TV, there was just like I was able to achieve a job in TV because I worked harder and mm-hmm. I, I made myself marketable, right? But if it was a YouTube, if I was in a YouTube world, mm. unless I hit the right timing early on, mm. I wouldn't have cut through, right? I wouldn't have had success there. Hamish Blake, on the other hand, mm-hmm. is the guys that rise to the top. So it didn't matter where he would have gone. If he was in YouTube, just that wit, right? Mm-hmm. That's what I mean. And mm-hmm. so... It's an interesting thing seeing you come from TV and radio and ha- like that's where your audiences lived, right? And then you come but to these social. that's because that's where you chose. No, of course, yeah. right? But I'm saying you see the difference because you haven't been someone who's been dedicated to your own personal social media in terms of 
No, I hate it. Try, like you did through the radio stations and you dedicated yourself to it. But it's interesting seeing the hard difference work, in the audience. I mean, hard work you do cut through. No but question. also the other thing too is this: I don't think you can underestimate the strategic mind that you have. And so that's it. Like Haim uh, is extremely witty and talented, um, but there's also the other part of it, which is the YouTube game is just that, a yeah, game. Actually, yeah, you've and got so to hack and go. You need to be able to know what are my titles going to be mm. and you can't just have... That's a, where I think you'd probably, yeah, you'd, you'd shine in that. Where so do you, do you want to start a YouTube channel? Oh, yeah, I thought we did. <laughs> where where do you think it's it's going for for creators that are coming into the scene now? They're fresh. They're, they're just picking up the cameras. It's They've so got easy, natural skills. It's so easy to... I still think even though there's volume, it's so mm. easy to... Is it easy to be rich into it, do you think? I think it's so easy to be more creative, create mm. other people still. Mm-hmm. Like I look at influencer marketing, it's really pretty similar stuff. Like mm. there's, you know, there's some real superstars that do stop motion. You did some stop motion for Tribe, Tommy. You know, there's some really clever artistry and I just think there's just a, it's absolute opportunity for someone to make an enormous amount of money with no followers still. Because what we're doing is we're opening up those content, like literally now, opening up those content campaigns that anyone, um, for certain ones, oh, oh, we will vet them, but we will pull together clusters of everyday people that are just great at creating content mm. and we want to give them opportunities to make short form video or um, photography content for brands. Mm. And, and I think, uh, Josh, I think it's like the space we play in mm. is not there. Well, yeah, I just should wonder, be. I, but, it should be. But I, wonder I mean, what you the guys have got place. the kid, the kit, every... Um, and the kid. We've got yeah. to... Yeah. Billy's fallen asleep. Sorry, Billy, this is <laughs> no, called but work I think, experience. So we're not... <laughs> the experience is work. If, if we... Uh, or does the marketplace play into our strengths? I don't so think for it instance, does. So I would not, be horrendous on Upwork. Because, you know, like the... And so... I think you look at... If you were to put a, a, a famous artist, them doing no-name paintings at scale mm-hmm. is not their model. That's yeah. not what they are driving for. Are you, do you guys have within Tribe, is that what you were talking about? Is there the ability to, if we are a unique creator that has something Mate, unique you guys to offer? Got, you, you, honestly, if I open up these campaigns, you guys... So when are you doing... When, what's, so... When you talk about that, that's referring to so so, you've got the long tail stuff and then there's more bespoke stuff. Yeah. So, yeah. for instance, um, what's an example? Um, so there's a lot of brands that use that just do content campaigns with us. Mm-hmm. The idea is that the influencer creates content but they never publish it, right? It's just for the brand's channels, sure. right? But why, if the influencer isn't publishing to their audience, why do they need an audience? And so my belief is the best people for that are people with no followers mm. that take good photos, right? Because they don't have an option on the influencer marketing side. Mm. And so they're appreciative, they're non-divas, mm-hmm. and um, they'll be able to do incredible work. And there's no reason, followers or not, provided that you can prove to us that you've got, you know, some really good skills. Now, you can imagine with all your kit, you'd be able to do incredible stuff and, and make a ton. Would they consider, because I guess we can do that, but what we're trying to work out is how do we get them to care about the daily talk show? How do we show that there's actual brand equity in there? So rather than just two guys, you know, or a team. They don't, well, they're just buying, for, they won't care about that. Yeah. And when I say yeah. it's, got to, it's got to fit to their brief. So mm-hmm. they're not going to say, hey, we want you celebrating Ben and Jerry's on your talk show. Yeah. 
It's going to be, can you um, have a shot of Ben and Jerry's and throw it in the air and slow mo mm -hmm. uh, to turn it in, or a boomerang yeah. with Ben and Jerry's that we can use. And it's pr it's product first content. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, it's branded yeah. content. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's the difference of our marketplace, yeah. which I think, is. It, I think it's great because we know what mission we're on. Yeah, and it's more of that, yeah. for, which is just a different business model. Mm. But oh, it's a completely different business model. But um, yeah, I, I say that because you should be trying to do lots of little things. Yeah, absolutely. You would say that. Yeah. <laughs> no, I agree. I think do I have that, to pay for these no, Ben and Jerry's. Yeah, yeah, mate. Sixty bucks. No, Ben and Jerry. It was it actually is, our first. It, it is was actually. It is. Yeah. And you, you know, you're in a good household when there's Ben and Jerry's in the fridge. Can I just mm. say thank you because that's you, you know you that's. <laughs> 60 bucks worth of ice cream. Yeah. I, we never I'm thought about home. it, really. <laughs> <laughs> no, you can. Billy can have it. Uh, Julesy, thanks for coming in. No worries. Again. I enjoy it. Thanks, uh, if you've If you've listened this far, please take a screen grab, do even a video or something that you can put on Insta stories, tag yeah. up Jules Lund, yeah. tag the Daily Talk Show so we know that you've uh, you've been watching yeah. or listening. I think um, on Matt DeVilla's video about his channel and how he's monetizing it mm -hmm. was amazing yesterday because it's – there is an ask to your audience that is support that's not monetary, right? Yeah. Like so Matt Diavella is a mate of ours that directed the film Minimalism. He's all about the yeah, no sorry, ads. You guys, last time you told yeah. me to watch I watched exactly. it. Mm -hmm. And so he um, – His channel's blown yeah. up. He's got 1.4 million YouTube followers now, like gone from 200,000 last year to that. Wow. But he, he was monetizing his channel through Patreon, which was no yeah. ads would come up in his thing. But it's like how do you, how do, you do that? There's an element of it where we – where it's um, if if people are and I th and I resonated with this because I'm a consumer of lots of people's content mm -hmm. and that is supporting someone right consuming um, f reaching out sending a tweet just interacting is yeah. so powerful it's like but then it helps got, them do what they but do but what is it what is I guess the thing is what is that currency what is that trying to do and at the end of the day that engagement if we actually think about it is so then we can then show a brand and then we can get some money out. Like there's got to be a point where that yeah. like comments don't pay bills, mm. you know, likes don't pay bills, followers don't pay bills. So it's like, mm. it's even through that, that it all ends up coming through some. Do you know what? Of, so I did, I went to Facebook last week or the week mm -hmm. before. They're, they're, As Mark. No, they're launching Facebook for creators, which is, mm -hmm. you know, creators in this country that do a lot of stuff on YouTube and probably do it on Instagram or Facebook. But what they're trying to do is longer form content that they can put on watch, Facebook watch. Interesting. And then they monetize that. And so, um, but there's three different ways you can do that. One is um, for these creators to, yeah, create three minute plus long form content. And then they say, put ads in this mm -hmm. and basically you have pre-roll and mid-roll and you sort of, and, and you get a, I think you get 55% of the, um, the revenue of that advertising. The second one is branded collaborations, which I said to you earlier, which is the paid partnerships tag. So you create some video stuff of Ben and Jerry's, you tag them, right? So you can monetize it that way. The third one is fans donations. Yeah, interesting. Which I don't think in Australia, mm -hmm. I don't think there's anyone in Australia that a fan um, loves enough that mm -hmm. they would pay the money in a, for exclusive content to be badged a, you know, a um, daily talk show, a Gronk. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, you're a Gronk and mm -hmm. you get a badge on your avatar. So all your comments on the Gronk page go up to the top. And mm -hmm. and I just, I, I, th I feel uncomfortable about, I don't think fans should ever be giving anyone 
money like that. What What are your thoughts and do you think well, that has Patreon. legs? Yeah, Isn't I mean, what, yeah, and, then, yeah. and that's the I, issue with I, it. I think I that we don't. all yeah. the Patreon thing and I, yeah. I, I, the fact that that business model works still surprises well, me. It, I mean, even for me who I. Loves a subscription. Yeah, I love a subscription, buy dumb shit all the time. And I've, I've had to do it as a, a thing of, oh, I'm going to try this to support this mm-hmm. type yeah, of business yeah, model. Yeah. But the actual, it, it doesn't make a lot of sense. I can't imagine because it's so easy to do the math and say, okay, mm-hmm. if we just have a thousand listeners a, a day yeah. giving us a dollar, you know, we've got, and like it's you do the math. So, yeah. I just think it's right. I just don't like. And I, so that's, a, it's very yeah. hard. And so that's why. I just why. think in Australia, I get it. Here you can get like. But what right. about Bitcoin? What about if it was uh, yeah, or well, sort of like uh, Calibra? Um, yeah, one of those. Which is um, Facebook's new. I, I, what am I thinking of? What's the not not crypto? What's the thing that's about blockchain? Right, yeah. like blockchain should you, we would think enable rather than it being something that's obvious that the consumer's doing. It's yeah. happening based on their consumption naturally. Yeah. Um, I'm just looking at my poor child over yeah, there. It's, it's time to go, Billy. We did, we did, uh, we did wrap it up anyway about yeah. five minutes ago. Mm. It's a daily talk show. Hi at thedailytalkshow.com. If you want to send us an email, please do do the videos, the Instagram stories, all that sort of stuff. Otherwise, have a great weekend. First weekend banter. We go. We've gone to oh, seven yeah. days a week now. So um, t- tomorrow. <laughs> so we'll see you tomorrow. You're coming yeah, back. Yeah. We told you that. No wonder, you already seen, told you that. no wonder I haven't seen you for the last 12 <laughs> No, months. that's because yeah. you've been overseas, yeah. mate. Uh, and also <laughs> check, check out thedailytalkshow.com because over the weekend, new stuff's coming. We'll see you on Monday, guys. Oh, no, we'll see you tomorrow. That's right. See ya. <laughs> Bye. Thanks, Dave. Shelving. <laughs>